0: That's not narcissistic personality disorder. It's just no one.
1: So maybe he's just an asshole.
0: Absolutely. And there are lots of assholes out there. You are listening to Committed, an ongoing conversation about marriage, intimacy, relationships, and sex.
1: So like – I mean you hear the term narcissist all the time now in television, Twitter, TikTok videos. It's like everyone nowadays knows the term gaslighting, narcissist,
0: oh, toxic relationship. Toxic
1: relation everything's toxic if it's not triggered, working out I'm Triggered, I'm triggered. It's so many That's buzzwords.
0: Triggering. There's so many buzzwords and narcissism is a buzzword and it's on unfor- right. it's very very unfortunate that it is so much of the time thrown around and people that are throwing this word around are so very unqualified to label people with narcissism, with narcissistic personality disorder. Narcissistic personality disorder is 1% of the population, and it should really only be reserved for psychiatrists, psychologists, licensed therapists to diagnose and treat. And it is just you know, my boyfriend and I broke up because he was a narcissist. My, you know, my girlfriend was, had narcissistic personality disorder, and that's why our relationship didn't work out. And in any relational dynamic, two people have responsibility in the breakdown of a relationship, and it's so much easier to label the other person with something in order to shirk your own responsibility that you took that you need to take for the part that you played in the
1: partnership. Okay. So let's, let's take a step back and define. Okay. So if someone isn't, the word narcissist in on TikTok and Twitter and all, that's usually referring to NPD, but the word narcissist itself typically refers to the like the Greek hunter who was obsessed with his appearance. So like, what's the, I think we have to be clear about defining the difference because you could be narcissistic by looking in the mirror every day and putting on makeup and brushing your teeth. Like That's narcissistic by definition. But we're talking about NPD specifically, right? The cluster B personality disorder.
0: I think first and foremost, we need to say that it is extremely rare for someone to have narcissistic personality disorder. Let me repeat myself because my Our listeners out here need to hear this. It is extremely rare for someone to be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. And people take dysfunction in their relationships and they're trying to understand it and categorize it. And I get that to no fault of their own, right? Because it can be very confusing to understand the breakdown of what happened in your partnership to dissolve it and to end it. But narcissistic personality disorder is probably not to blame. Most likely it is not to blame in that situation. Mm. And, you know, as we're sitting here, I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting ads, but I'm looking up um, DSM criteria for narcissistic personality disorder and how it can be conceptualized, a sense of exploitativeness towards others, the belief that they deserve whatever they want, the narcissistic person, it should be obvious to others that that person should, that they do deserve what they want, the expectation of admiration from others and engaging in attention-seeking behaviors, becoming angry or denigrating others when they don't receive the expected admiration and attention. It. I mean, I, oh, I've only really actually met in my personal and professional life combined one person who was seeking to become a client of mine or was a client early in my practice. And I looked at this person and I said, I don't even know what to do with you because there's absolutely no way to get through to you. Like they weren't appearing to me as a human. I'm like, I was just, I was looking at them like with the face that I'm making you right now, like almost just in confusion and almost terror, like, whoa, what's happening here? Like, I started to get scared. Like, I called my own previous therapist and said to her, Would you be able to take this client on? Because I don't even know how to approach. And she goes, No, 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 no. I have somewhere that I can send you to refer this person to. And just don't tell them that that's why you're referring them to this place, but it's a center for families. And and so I made the referral and this person exited my practice, but in my entire life, I have only come across, and obviously my life has not been so long at the ripe age of 32, but it's rare, right? And so I think what we want to focus on as I cannot diagnose or treat Anyone in my practice, right? So I can work with them on relational aspects of their partnership, of past partnerships they've had. I am a coach. I do um, provide marriage coaching and I will also refer to my practice as counseling because I do believe it is counsel. But I also always want to be very clear I am not diagnosing people with mental health disorders. Now, that being said, In my years of practice, have I gained tools and skills to help me understand how people present, and do I notice when I might need some extra help and assistance from someone who is licensed to diagnose? Because that's ultimately not what my goal is in my practice. My goal is to to work with people to have um, healthy relationships with one another and to process past trauma and to be able to move forward and have the appropriate tools and skills to do their relationship in a healthy way. That's what my job is. And so you know, my practice is very similar to a therapeutic setting, and I would say that it is a therapeutic setting. And the way that I approach my clients is very similar to my therapists. I've been to a handful of therapists throughout my life so far, and it's most similar to my therapist if I because I've had some conversations with her about that. But going back to the NPD thing, people are very quick to the draw, right? Just like, so mental health disorders in general are used to help. So lots of therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists will not even tell you when they diagnose you with something, because what is the point is it that you then take that on as your identity? Oh, I'm this. Oh, I have borderline personality disorder, which by the way, as we were talking about is a trauma related disorder categorized by abuse and neglect. There's rare circumstances where that is not the background and history of what I know, but most of the time it is. And I would be happy in a future episode having prepared for the episode to talk about some of my experiences because I do want that. And you and I recorded an episode and I said, trash it because it's too vulnerable. And I was in the middle of some trauma work, but I would like to be able to share some of that in the near future. But the diagnoses are really used just to help people to understand okay, like this is what it could look like to start to work through some of these things, not to label. And they are saved for the most extreme cases as well. People that are experiencing dysfunction in their job, like can't keep a job. All of their relationships are tumultuous, not just one relationship that they're struggling with, right? And this is where people kind of, I, I, I think, go wrong too. Okay, so you and I have a, have a marriage that we're in. And you, you know, react in a very heightened way to me every time I bring, you know, something up that makes you feel disorganized inside. And then I say, oh, well, you have a mental health disorder, but what does your relationship with your family look like? Do you have solid friendships, right? Someone with a mental health disorder is struggling in those other relationships. They're struggling Like when they go to see their therapist, those symptoms are showing up in their sessions as well. I have clients like that where their symptoms show up in their session and then they're also experiencing tumultuous relationships in their romantic partnerships and they don't have a relationship with their family. And so there's like multiple relationships that are affected by this, not just, you know, when he was... Angry with me, he threw a hairdryer across the room type thing. And now he's a narcissist because he only cares about himself. That's not narcissistic personality disorder. It's just no one. Right. It's not even a narcissist. It's someone who has anger management issues, and they would really have to go to a qualified mental health licensed mental health professional to be properly assessed and to understand that symptomology of what's going
1: on. So maybe he's just an asshole.
0: Absolutely. And there are lots of assholes out there. And I heavily suggest that you screen people for asshole-ishness before you date them. Because if you date them and they happen to turn out to be an asshole, and then you call them a narcissist, I'm sorry, it's not going to fix your problems. And you're probably going to go on to date another asshole.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, filter fast. Get out of there easily. Get out of there quick. I'm curious how the term narcissism is so common, yet narcissistic personality disorder is so rare. Like when did that flip happen? And do we have a better word for narcissism in this case? Maybe just assholeism, being an asshole. That's it. But we're going to call you narcissist because it's TikTok.
0: Yeah. I mean, so also I'm, I'm on um, psychdb.com not that this is a necessarily a reputable source, but it does say DSM diagnostic cross criteria, which is, which is important. Um, Yeah, here they are a pervasive pattern of grandiosity in fantasy or behavior, need for admiration, lack of empathy, beginning by early adulthood, and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following. So, I believe this goes across the DSM. You have to have five or more of these traits in order to be diagnosed, because this was the same with the borderline personality disorder. diagnosis, there was five of the nine, has grandiose sense of self-importance, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty or ideal love, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people, requires excessive admiration, has sense of entitlement, is interpersonally exploitative, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings or needs of others, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. And I think when I read these, I really, I think
1: about the
0: asshole. yes, (laughs) I do think of Donald Trump. I think about, though, too, like the people that have been in my life that, you know, I could categorize as like really mean people. But there's still very humanistic aspects of their personality that I can pull from, right? Like when you first meet someone, um, and, and people who are who, who are diagnosed, and lots of narcissistic personality disorder, pe- individuals who would be diagnosed would never go to therapy. So that's really tough, too, because they're never going to be diagnosed because they, if they truly believe that they are above everyone, then therapy would be below them, right. right? But when you think about it, like if we're talking about in the context of dating, when you first meet someone, you would be taken back by their behavior. If you're a real compassionate person, you're like taken back by their behavior. Now, I will say that someone who is narcissistic in nature – they're very they can be very intelligent and quite manipulative so they may put on a completely fake persona in order to reel you in but other people who meet them will start to Oh, this is a little strange, like, like it's weird, it's so uncomfortable. I would feel, I have felt around that one person I said that I referred out, I felt extremely uncomfortable around that person because there was just absolutely no way that I could relate to them. And so, like I mentioned, this is very extreme. We need to stop diagnosing people in our relationships. We need to be curious about what's hard for them, what made them who they are, what kind of trauma potentially they've been through to cause them to be to be showing up in the way that they are in our relationships and have more compassion and empathy and then also realize how we played a part in the demise.
1: Or get out of the relationship before you're too far in because it's like... um I had a buddy who was, who divorced from someone who was, you know, allegedly narcissistic personality or borderline. Sorry. I can't remember which one. It's was one of the cluster B's. I was empathizing with him because my girlfriend at that time was also like, I think someone of the cluster B personality disorders. And I literally said to him, she's been really nice in the last two weeks. She hasn't like gaslit me and made me feel horrible about myself. Um, and he said, that's like saying a serial killer who has, he hasn't murdered in the last two weeks, so he's great. It's like mm.
0: Yeah, I would just I would really um caution, especially for our listeners here. I would, I would truly, truly caution people here to stop looking up and trying to self-diagnose people. So, like I said before, borderline personality disorder, wildly different from narcissistic personality disorder. You've got a whole different track and path. The thing about um, borderline personality disorder is that it has been said by psychi- psychiatrists and therapists alike that it really should not be labeled borderline personality disorder. You can graduate from the disorder. is It is a trauma-based disorder coming from abuse and neglect. Not that narcissistic personality disorder doesn't because I don't know enough about that, but... I will say that it is not helpful to categorize someone and actually to look at yourself and ask how you're contributing to an issue. Because for people with borderline personality disorder, the treatment is actually not medication. The treatment is compassion and empathy. So people that graduate from BPD, if they are diagnosed, is going to be compassion and empathy. You may spend half of your session empathizing with your client to connect with them. Otherwise, they will feel unsafe and they will not get better. Whereas narcissistic personality disorder, where you know there's not medication treatment for that, um, and you would have to do many years of heavy therapy um, and come into self-awareness, which would be very challenging, I could imagine, for someone with NPD. Um, different treatment process, right? Because if you were to... And like I said, I'm not a clinician, but if you were to treat someone who already has a a sense of like grandiosity, compassion, and empathy is only going to egg them on, I would imagine. Whereas borderline personality disorder, your sense of security in yourself is so low that it's more about, you know, in your romantic attachment style relationships, it's more about um someone triggering your abandonment and lack of connection to you. That's not narcissism. That has nothing to do with that, right? It has nothing to do with me being the best and greatest. It has to do with, does you saying that you don't prefer the color of my shirt you know? in some of the more extreme cases, why does that send me down a spiral? Not because I'm so high on myself. The narcissist probably wouldn't care if someone didn't believe in them because they think so highly of themselves. Whereas someone with more borderline personality disorder is really struggling with a lack of like, who do I have? I have no one. I have no one on my side. I have this disorganized attachment where I don't have a specific coping mechanism. So everyone, even anxious and avoidant attachment and secure attachment, they have an organized sense of what am I going to do in X situation? But someone with BPD and someone with disorganized attachment, which those two things can go together, they don't have a strategic plan for when something happens. And so that's what causes this whole disorganization of, I don't know what to think of this. I don't know what to do of it. And then you spiral and then you have serious dysregulation. And so I hope that you can understand more now for our listeners and even, even for you, Michael, how those two things are very different. And I wouldn't compare them at all.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't either now that you've mentioned this. I think actually after having this conversation, I don't really care too much for narcissistic personality disorder types. Like I stay away from them. And I, reading the description on the Mayo Clinic right now and what you said earlier, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've met a few of these people. Not, I'm not diagnosing them, but they have many of these symptoms, and I just stay away yeah. from them. But in terms of borderline, I actually have a lot of um, empathy for them. I, I actually feel sorry for them.
0: Oh, I mean, it's – yeah, it's honestly – I mean, just speaking from my own experience and like I said, we could talk more, which would be really hard for me. But I think that um, hearing what I did in my podcast today was helpful, I think, for me. Um, But yeah, it's – we shouldn't – you know, as a summary, we should not diagnose people. You should not diagnose your partner. You should absolutely encourage them to see a therapist you should absolutely encourage them to come to counseling with you um, and work on the relational dynamics for lots and lots of mental health disorders. Um, being able to work on co-regulating with your partner as a pathway to self-regulation can be extremely helpful. Um, and yeah, not everybody's a narcissist. Um, there are just some people who are jerks, and 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 it also comes from insecurity, right? Like narcissistic personality disorder at its base level is insecurity in oneself, right? And there's this overcompensation happening in order for that. But yeah, there's lots of people who don't aren't diagnosable as borderline personality disorder cuz that's also I think 1 to 2% of the population. But more so that they may have a disorganized attachment, which I don't remember the percentages on that, so I won't speak on that. But it's a higher percentage that um go through abuse and neglect in their childhood, and that causes them to be um, more in the disorganized attachment category.
1: Awesome, so, yes, so we
0: have to go. This was, yeah, this was a good conversation. And I again, welcome listeners to ask us questions and share their comments and. I'm looking forward to our next talk.
1: Awesome. Good talking to you.